0: Wad, This is Joy. And it's Claire. And this is episode 222. This episode is brought to you by lovemyskivies.com. That's L U V M Y S K I V V I E S.com. The discount code of GGW. Uh, Claire, I'm sh- pretty sure you uh, are just dying to send me photos of you in your underwear. Like yeah, the weird and, sexting and I- situation that we got into.
1: Yeah, and I have a serious blackmail photo of you that you sent me of just, like, a full frontal of your crotch wearing the underwear. So, Joy, the first picture that Joy sent me to post on social for Love My Skibbies was literally just her crotch wearing the underwear. Well, it's, she was like, this one's not too bad. And I was like, you know, I just don't think you're going to look back on this and want me to post this on yeah, social media. It's kind of funny. But someday day, you're going to, like, run for Congress, and someone would find that photo and be like, well. She just sends
0: pictures of her crotch. We can't trust her. <laughs>
1: Well, it was kind of funny because like
0: the judgment that kind of goes out the window when you are like, I really want to support this brand. This girl's amazing, and they're like, Well, this product, you know, I just wear it on my, oh, it's my briefs, it's my
1: underwear, and
0: so I'm like trying to send like appropriate photos. Turns out there's not really good appropriate there's photos. Way. There's
1: no way to yeah. do that. So be appropriate in your unders.
0: But we support this program and this. Pro- and this product uh, is lovemyskivvies.com. And we do love the product, but apparently Claire and I are not in the business of like posting underwear. Modeling. Underwear
1: Yeah, <laughs> underwear modeling. <laughs> We're not. But so if you guys have not heard us talk about Love My Skimmies before, it is an underwear subscription service. Um, we absolutely love it. The, the owner is great. The product is great. It's really – the underwear is really comfortable. It fits well. You can pick uh, whether you want thongs or no thongs or a mix. You, uh, they also have men's products, and it's just fun. I love subscription services anyway, and I particularly love this one because it keeps me from having to either A – Go underwear shopping, which is the worst, or B, wear my swimsuit bottoms as underwear because I ran out of underwear. Yeah. (laughs) So support the podcast, support, lovemyskimmies.com. Head over there. Um, check them out and don't forget to use code GGW.
0: Yeah, and we love supporting female entrepreneurs and thank you guys in advance for supporting the podcast through supporting our sponsors. And this is a great time to also think about gift giving. It's going to be that time of year. So you can uh, check out our products on the support page on our website as well, girlsgonewadpodcast.com, and support the podcast through our great sponsors. So this week we have Marcus Philly on the show. Marcus is from San Francisco and he's a six times games athlete. So he went three times as an individual, three times. As a team, and he's he knows so much about fitness and professional fitness and professional working out.
1: <laughs> it was he so fun. A really fast yeah. worker outer.
0: Worker outer, yeah. So he um, he went to school. He went to med school for a while, and then decided that that was not the path that he wanted to do. He really has been coaching and training since then. Um, he's also on the grid, in the Grid League, and he currently coaches and leads a team at Revival Strength in San Rafael. So next time we go see Mom Sandy, we're going to have to pay him a visit. And he also uh, created Awaken Training Series, which is a 12-week online group program. Uh, using functional bodybuilding principles it was really cool to talk to him he has a really interesting take on training i especially like when i asked him a very important question about how many times we really should be working out per week and his answer made me really happy
1: (laughs) so we hope you guys enjoy marcus is an awesome person to talk to and just has a lot of awesome information to share um through the eyes of a coach and also through the eyes of an athlete and so we hope that you guys love this interview here we go
2: i'm doing well i'm like all I'm all jacked up. I just did a a little, like, uh, we did a workshop here at our gym, and we had, like, 10, 10 people in that were, I got that energy from just, like, connecting with a bunch of new people, so feeling yeah. good. I was
0: going to ask, what, do you, what did, I know you were rushing from something, what did you just do? We
2: just had, well, well we're, we're, we did our first on-site workshop for our new gym. I mean, our gym's been open a, a few months now, and we're, specializing in individual coaching, individual design training, and um, we booked a, like a workshop with about 12 people to come in and expose them to sort of our process. So we put people through assessment, we put people through body composition um, analysis, and then we uh, gave them a, kind of a workout at the end, and then we kind of tied it all together how this could be the beginning of their journey with us so it was uh it was exciting to kind of see new faces come in and sort of start the process of sharing what we do
0: so what is different because i'm very curious of how you're i guess this is a huge change of how we're approaching it for individual training
1: can i hold on can i take a step back we can let you know we're just diving in. oh you did okay Mm -hmm. because sometimes we don't want people to like you know you to be like well this one person was a huge asshole (laughs) (laughs) and be like oh we're recording shit (laughs)
2: <laughs> Go on, yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean, it is kind of a big departure from where I was at previously and where I think a lot of people are at right now, and uh, you know the the growing trend of group fitness, um, we're stepping back to say, hey, we want to take an individual approach to you know training our clients. We saw that I personally saw that uh, there were some people kind of getting missed um, in the group setting that while it was working for a bunch of people, there was, you know, outliers. And so our process here is going to be, we're going to individualize the experience to every single person that walks in. Everybody's workout, like 100% of people that walk in the door, get a unique training program when they start with us. And that's based on their assessment process that they go through with us initially, where we do strength testing, we do body composition testing, we do consulting with them to truly identify what their goals are, um, and then, yeah, we try and you know maintain a community feel by having you know open floor hours where there's five to ten people training at a time, coaches circulating around to give movement cues, but each person that's on the floor has a specific coach that's writing their program that they meet with once a month to go over their progress, um, and so they kind of can get the best of, best of both worlds.
0: I imagine people really love that.
2: I mean, the, the the response so far has been great, and it's sort of uh, eye-opening to people. Like, oh, I didn't know there could be this thing where I get, you know, a community feel and an, and a one-to-one experience like I may have gotten with personal training.
0: Yeah, because it's kind of like that personal training feel, but it's you're with other people, which I, I think a lot of people, especially that do CrossFit, are really tied to because it's that community yeah. aspect because, like, working with a personal trainer is great, but then you're just kind of like, well, I'm kind of still left on my own, but... yeah. I feel like you'd have either one or two reactions. One is like, wow, I feel really like I'm getting this personal attention. Or you're kind of
2: hesitant because you're like,
0: no, I just want to do that like an hour of cardio day. Like, why don't you just let me do that?
2: Sure. <laughs> like sure. they think well, that they know it's best, you know? Yeah. And then there's somebody that's probably like, I want to get that personalized attention. But uh, gosh, I, I can't even imagine trying to afford three days a week of personal training, you know, every month. It's just too much. Right. Yeah. So we're sort of finding a, a balance and kind of. Uh, price point and getting people that attention that they need and then also allowing them to learn how to do it on their own, too because um, You know if, if we have a client at the end of six months that can't function without the, their coach They're side by side with them every step of the way Then we don't feel like we've really taught them enough and we've done a disservice to them They're, What are they going to do in a year when life changes and they have to find something else? And they, they walk away with no lessons learned really
0: yeah so I want to yeah. talk a little bit too about like you. You've been an athlete for the majority for pretty much your entire life, and yeah. you're a games athlete, six times games athlete. Are you planning on going to the games again?
2: Um, that's such a like. Is that I a goal of for... yours? Is that a goal? of I got to come up with a good soundbite for that because I get asked okay. an like, that <laughs> uh, It's definitely a goal of okay. mine is to compete in, in CrossFit. Um, at a high level again, yeah. and then it's, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll go into it, but, you know, it's about managing uh, sure. the other life factors that will either stand in the way of that or support that.
0: Right. So I my point with this is I you've seen a lot of trends come and go. You've seen just the evolution of, I think, your goals for your body for you specifically, being an athlete um, and then doing CrossFit professionally and being a coach and I think running the whole gamut of fitness and seeing what works and what doesn't work for yourself and for others. And I think um, what's interesting to me to witness right now is just kind of the the trends of fitness. And because you've really seen so much of it, uh, what do you think is, I hate to use the term fad, but kind of a fad at this point, because um, I'm seeing a lot of things that are out there right now that really you're doing a disservice for people.
1: And I think Mm. it's interesting that like, if you are outside of the CrossFit world, you see CrossFit in and of itself as kind of a fad, but then within CrossFit, there are so many things that have, have even just in within this microcosm come and gone, you know, whether it's two a days for the average athlete or whether it's, um, you know, five fingers or compression shorts or, you know,
2: (laughs) (laughs) whatever, whatever. Um, yeah, that's a great question. And I've certainly seen a lot. I think my training lifespan, I call it 20 years. When I was 13, I went to the gym for the first time, you know. And um, But yeah, I think the trend for the last, I don't know, five to seven years has been intensity. Got to get intensity. There was, you know, years of slow, steady state, just do lots of cardio and then people were like, no, it's got to be high intensity interval training, hit CrossFit, you know, uh, P90X, uh, you go gotta go really really hard and intense um oh my god and i forgot really... about
1: p90x yeah
2: oh yeah i can't <laughs> forget about that <laughs> um i've actually i i just on a side note like a couple clients that uh, came into the crossfit gym i used to own um they were like yeah i'm, I'm like they, i did their little intro i did their baseline workout they really fit i'm like what do you what have you been doing they're like i've done p90x every day for the past year i'm like wow, this actually worked pretty good for you. Like, you know, no knock on Yeah, don't knock it. Yeah, Um, yeah, for sure. So, but yeah, definitely intensity. It's like, gotta go harder, harder, harder. And uh, and that's kind of dominoed into gotta do more, gotta do more, gotta do more. Right. And um, I think that people are starting, beginning to wake up to the idea that, you know, maybe blasting myself with intensity every single day is really not, Feeling that good anymore like I'm not feeling great I'm I'm feeling a little burnt out I am maybe feeling a little beat up um, I've got some nagging injuries that I've never had before and it's maybe starting to make people rethink like well what this can't be this can't be good and I don't think I can do this sustainably for a long time at this rate well, um, which is uh yeah go ahead
0: no I just think like that the culture has been that way too of I'm just kind of looking at the broad you know, timeline of it started with the cardio in the 80s and jazzercise. I'm kind of seeing like this wave of all the trends that have come in and out and kind of how it was born to be more, more, more. And I think, I mean, it takes us a long time to learn these lessons, right? It's going to take us decades to really kind of get it through our head that, you know, fat still is not the enemy or cardio is not better. And so I want to tell you a quick story on the same note is that I was at Orange Theory this week. Um, my husband and I will do some classes there every once in a blue moon. I just like the variety. And I I go there and I don't, de- I try to keep my mindset outside of the CrossFit mindset. So I'm not there to like go balls to the wall and go hard. I just like go to kind of sweat a little bit and just move and try to feel good. I mm-hmm. like how we recently talked to Carl Poli and he said he likes to work in versus work out, which is so such a, yeah. car- it's a great Carlism. And, <laughs> yeah, <that's-> uh, <laughs> he's like, I like to work in, not work out. So I I'm there, I'm trying to work out. And, uh, and I see all these women, especially, I feel like women are victims of this, uh, on the treadmill 10 minutes before the class starts, trying to run and get more calories, quote unquote, more calories burned.
2: Yeah, yeah. And gotta burn more energy. Gotta
0: burn more energy. Calories and, in,
1: calories out, guys. That's yeah, how
0: it works. Yeah, calories in, calories out. And I was just <laughs> like, and I'm, I'm just watching this and I'm just getting more and more frustrated as i'm walking at the slowest pace possible before the class starts because i'm like i'm not going to start till the class starts yeah walking as slow as possible just kind of getting in the mindset of just being like i'm just moving i'm just enjoying but that i think it just disheartened me because it made me realize how jaded i am in the crossfit community because i'm in a crossfit gym most days of my life Mm. that i Mm -hmm. see that everyone there you know i'm so i'm surrounded by people who have adopted that you you know, there's a minimum effective dose and that we don't have to be doing hours of cardio. Um, that watching that made me so sad that that still exists and it's going to exist. And I think Mm. that we're going to have to work really hard to undo the damage of like more is better and go run 10 marathons a year. And, and that whole piece is just, it's hard. So I just, I I guess I want to talk about that of like, you know, what's, how can we keep chipping away at this and get people to understand? And I guess, um, on that same note is more of just a trust in coaches to say, look, just try this way. Just try backing off a little better. Just try this way of working out and you don't have to go
2: seven days a week Mm, all out. Gosh, I mean, yeah. So I want to, yeah. Unpack that, that, Marcus. (laughs) Yeah, unpack it. Well, let me back up a second and just say that, you know, the trend that I kind of mentioned was this – this thing about intensity, which is actually separate from what you just said, it's more of like I was speaking to kind of the audience within CrossFit or within functional fitness, people that are you know have already learned that lesson of oh I I don't have to run for hours and hours and hours I can do these high intensity workouts, and even within that group they started to kind of like kind of blend those two philosophies together. I got to do high intensity, and then I got to do more of that high intensity and uh, more of that yeah. more of that, and I think that's that's a trend certainly with the growth of the sport of crossfit where sure. where athletes within the sport are training, you know, r- ridiculous amount of hours a day, tons of volume of training and that's kind of trickling down to sort of general population people were like, oh, so and so trains yeah, so that was one topic, but to your point, um, that is still something that needs to uh, yeah, there's 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 a lot of chipping away that still needs to be done there and I am biased in this, and I already described kind of the, the, the way that we're going about kind of bringing these me- this message to our clients, um, but I, I do think that there has to be more coach to client connection, right? You, you talked about trusting more on the coach yep. um, to kind of really learn the lessons that, that are out there, the truth behind how do you change your body composition, the truth behind how do you maintain fitness, the truth behind not needing to do the calories in calories out equation all the time that's not really the answer and there are coaches out there that have the knowledge but they're not getting direct contact with their clients they're getting 1 to 20 contact you know a big setting or you know there's these clients are coming in they're not having an opportunity to sit down with a coach to develop trust because trust takes relationship building it takes you know listening and if 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 i'm in a group of 10 people listening to one instructor tell me about what we're going to do today, It's it takes a lot more time to build that trust than actually having that one-to-one connection, where then a client or, a, excuse me, a coach realizes, hey, I, I see where this person's at, and they're ready to hear the the truth. And I'm going to tell it to them in this way because they're ready to hear that. Um, so that, that, to me, kind of, I think is something that's been lost, you know, over the past maybe 10 years as, as we've gone to make bigger and bigger group settings, is that the clients are maybe missing that one-to-one connection that helps to build trust and to bridge that gap and open the door for a conversation about, well, this is this is the truth. This is actually, you know, what is going to help get you to the next step and dispel some myths. Well,
1: and I think that, I mean, listening... To you describe that and then also listening to you describe the the model of your um, new gym about you know bringing people in and really having them have that one-on-one programming i think the the first you know just red flag not red flag but the question that pops into my head comes around how is that scalable you know i think mm. we've lost that one-to-one because at the end of the day if you really truly want to have a one-to-one that means that if you're going to have a hundred clients, you need a hundred coaches, um, you know, or 20 or 30 or whatever. Like, it's just, I think that the reason that it's moved away from that and not advocating for this by any means, but is just purely because it's a lot more profitable to have two coaches with 30 people in the room than it is to have 10 coaches with 30 people in the room.
2: Yeah, I, I totally, uh, hear what you're saying. And that has been something that I think has, uh, you know, we could talk uh, We talk about the business side of it, but, you know, from a scalability, it's like when you look at the scalability of that, um, you know, how many clients can an individual coach handle yeah. and still defining that, you know, we know what that looks like. Um, but within this particular model, there is some room to scale to, you know, 40 to 50 clients per coach if, if they're learning, you know, how to do this efficiently and effectively over time. Um, but then on the flip side, it's like, yeah, there are some of those situations where, you know, in order to scale, we've got one to two owners and 150 clients. Um, but then, at the you know, there's people that are on the floor coaching day in and day out, and they're kind of group fitness coaches. And oftentimes they lose out in the scalability kind of conversation because the business is scaling, the owners are doing really well, the coaches that are on the floor delivering the fitness, you know, classes – don't have an opportunity to make a career out of it. Um, And so that was a big reason why I kind of got on board with this philosophy, too, is because under this philosophy, it's, yeah, it's going to deliver something, in my opinion, more individualized to the client. And it gives the coaches that work within the system an opportunity to truly build, you know, a career where they can actually have clients of their own and, you know, make those one-to-one connections and actually, you know, sustain themselves and make a good living and, you know, do this for many, many years rather than do it for three or four years and realize, hey, I can't make it in the fitness industry. I got to go and do something different.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I think that that is something that, you know, everybody loses out in that scenario because then you're stuck with a bunch of coaches who have one or two years of experience at the most versus getting somebody who has worked with clients one-on-one for years and years who actually knows now when you walk in the door exactly what to do with you versus like, well, I've only been doing this for a year. Because I'm and I'm yeah. nineteen.
2: Yes, right. Yeah, coach turnover was it was one of the hardest things for me to watch happen, you know, around me. Um, one because I felt for the coaches that were like, I really wanted to do this, but I can't make it work. And then I felt for the clients. They're like, how do I start to now trust a new person, you know, yeah. and a new person, and a new person, and you know the situation where the client's been there for four years and the coach has been there for three months. And the co- client's like, I think I actually know more than you. It's like, it was really <laughs> uncomfortable, so uncomfortable. I was yeah. like, oh, man, you might be right, actually. <laughs> like, That's
1: not great. We're going to need to try to nip that one in the bud.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, well, and I think, too, like I was listening to the most recent, um, maybe potentially the only current CrossFit, actual like CrossFit HQ podcast episode. And, um, you know, they're talk- they were talking about like, how do you really reach those people who are borderline diabetic, barely ambulatory, like those people who need the one-on-one who at the end of the day, like this is going to change their lives versus getting those people in there who it's like they're already fit. They're going to be active one way or another, whether it's in your gym or someone else's gym. And so like, yes, you're making a connection with them, which is valuable, but like you, those, the people who really truly will benefit like in their, True lifelong health are the ones who need to be reached on a one on one basis, at least to start with.
2: Yeah, I I used to like, I used to talk about that as like the bell curve, like, Mm -hmm. you know, our populations, like, you know, we might be hitting this like kind of center of the bell curve, you know, this uh, general population that can handle um, um, a group group program, but I'm I'm like, I don't want to miss these tail ends, you know, which is a a substantial part of the population that needs um, to be reached perhaps initially and perhaps ongoing in a one-to-one manner for them to really get that benefit. And I, I had a background in medical sciences, so I went to medical school when I was, you know, my early 20s uh, on the path to become a doctor. And, you know, I, I, I mean, part of the big reason I went was not because I knew I wanted to practice a certain type of medicine. I, I actually always knew I wanted to do kind of health, wellness, longevity, uh, you know, actually – fitness and nutrition type stuff um i wanted to have access to to a sick population if i was going to go through medical school and you know basically get people that were really sick with chronic illnesses that could be reversed through movement quality lifestyle quality food um quality relationships you know and 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 build that you know kind of clientele so to speak or patient population and i'm still drawn to that group you know i'm I didn't finish medical school, so you know maybe it limited the scope of people I might be able to work with that are really sick. Um, but I also see just in the world, like in our local community, there are so many people that are on the border of being really sick that you know haven't developed a good movement practice in their life, don't know what working out can look like, haven't experienced that yet, and the thought of going in and working out next to a bunch of twenty you know year olds. Uh, pump and wait is scaring the heck out of them and they're not going to do it. So they have to find a different road, you know, to get there. Um, and, and still passionate about finding ways to kind of gather that audience and bring them in and show them how this can be part of their, their life and prolong it and add value and quality to it. Would you, this
0: might sound a little like extreme, but would you agree or what are your thoughts about people who do too much? As far as, I mean, it's just the opposite side of the pendulum. You're either not working out or you're working out so much that your body's breaking down. Like, what's worse? Yeah. What's <laughs> worse?
2: <laughs> uh, my, my coach and one of my mentors, he actually wrote uh, an article recently, a little post, and he drew um, this wellness sickness continuum curve, which was really interesting. And it's, it's the way I think about this. It's like, you know, you start out sick, Okay. And cause you're, cause you're, you don't move and you're sedentary and you eat poor diet, you start to get fit. All right. Because you start to add these principles in by doing a little bit more exercise. And then there's a point at which you start to add too much in and you start to swing back towards the sickness side of the continuum. It's like, and, and he's always told me, and, and I know this from being a competitive elite level, you know, uh CrossFit athlete that when I'm at my peak physical shape for the sport, I'm pretty sick. You know, I'm, I, I have overuse injuries. You know, if you took blood panels of me when I'm about ready to compete for the CrossFit Games, my testosterone levels are like, th- like through the floor. Yeah, they're like yeah. non existent. My adrenals are overworked and stressed. I would, I mean, I haven't done the labs that close, but I mean, I would probably wonder if my liver enzymes are functioning well. You know, I'm just, I'm pushing my body so much for a specific purpose that it does, you know, end up, back in the sickness category in some, in some respects. Yes, I have more like function. Like I can do more reps of things and I can, you know, I have great work capacity. Um, and you know, when I'm not working out, I'm, I'm wanting to sit around a lot because I'm tired You know, I've just, you know, so I don't know if one is better than the other. I certainly know that without, yeah, without the experience of getting in really good shape, you may not, uh, You may not ever know what that what that middle ground can look like, but So the reason
0: yeah, the reason I asked that too is because you came from that. You you know what it's like to be a professional CrossFit athlete. And Mm -hmm. I think what I wanna talk a little bit about too is just telling the audience and advising the audience, and I'm talking for myself too, to remind ourselves that we are not professional CrossFit games athletes. I feel like the sport has become something that we feel is attainable because in the past when it was first starting, everyone felt like they could go to the games Mm -hmm. and we are comparing ourselves to the professional athletes on Instagram. So everything Mm -hmm. that they do, we feel like, well, I want to get to that point and, or we should work that hard. Yeah. So I think that it's very important for anything that you do, whether it's CrossFit or I don't care, but to stop comparing and feeling like, well, I I have to go crush a PR deadlift today because so and so did. Um, Where we're we're not listening to our bodies anymore, and yeah, that to me yeah. is really frustrating.
2: Yeah, I think to to your point, it's um, when you look at anybody that's doing something to like the highest degree, um, you know, the stuff that actually gets portrayed in like social media or in you know mainstream media you know, is the flashy, like, the workouts. Like, you see these people doing these crazy, incredible workouts, and you aspire to do that because they're games-level athletes. And maybe what's not getting shown is you want to be a games-level athlete, you've got to be recovering just as hard. You know, like, how much sleep are these people getting? How much are they eating? What is the, you know, their full scope of their life look like in order to allow them to do that? And, you know, your average everyday person who's got, you know, work, uh, career, maybe family, other things that are kind of going on, and they can't sleep ten hours a day. Uh, you know, they're like, "Oh, if I just work out that hard, I'll I'll get there." And you know, that, that's the a dangerous guilt. place to be.
0: I think it's the guilt too. I'm speaking, especially for women, that we feel guilty if we're not crushing it as hard as Camille, or you know what I mean. So mm. I think that that's the other piece where I'm kind of like, just socially, I feel like you know, we started CrossFit when it's still fairly new. You started it when it was like brand like no one really knew about it. Um, Mm -hmm. You were at the games when you saw just, you didn't have to work out 24 hours a day to get to the games. Well, and
1: I think the other thing that's important too is like that is part of a competition cycle where you're not, you know, to your point about like if you were to take your blood panels or look at your life, you know, in those those days leading up to the games, like the games are a snapshot that take a full year to prepare for. You're not functioning at that level 365 days a year. And -hmm. if you were, you probably would die.
0: Yeah, so I, so I think my, instead of getting on a soapbox, because I think we can all agree that, like, it's, it's just, nuts. it's not, people need to understand that's just not attainable anymore, and we shouldn't be comparing mm. ourselves that way, or should we beat ourselves up over working out that hard? So I think my my main point and question for you is that if, if you had, I know that you're really focused on individual coaching, but is there a, an effective dose of working out that you feel like... She, <laughs> Feel like it's just healthy for people, like just the health, healthy average person to their goals to just have a healthy life.
2: Yeah, totally. What, what <laughs> Two is... to three days a week of resistance training, and then the rest of the the rest of the days of the week, you're doing slow, steady-state walking and hiking and just being out in nature and breathing.
0: Awesome. That's exactly with a,
2: with, a, with a quality food, you know, quality food profile, and you're there. I yeah. mean, really that is that is a recipe towards. Health, longevity, vitality, and feeling great, and you know, it's like people are in this uh, kind of cycle of well, they they don't want to address their food, lifestyle, and stress balance, so yeah. they're going to try and outwork their their shitty diets and their you know shitty sleep patterns by doing ten workouts a week, and it's like, ugh, no. that's that's gonna that's gonna end up worse. It's well, going to start out great. Yeah. It's going to start out great for like 6 months. You're going to be like, "Yes, I'm killing it." And then yeah. it's going to be a whole host of problems for years to come.
0: And I know I'm projecting a lot of my own shit if it's not obvious, but like I, <laughs> I I I I was an endurance runner for years and years and years all through college. I've struggled with eating disorders. I've gone through the gamut of like working my ass off doing two workouts a day um to getting a point where I was like, "This isn't a I, I don't want to say this isn't working but it wasn't work because I didn't really have all I wanted was to just be smaller um, but what mm. I had to uh, had to come to is this isn't working for me because I'm miserable this isn't making me happy and mm. um, my body I can tell is just uh fighting against this routine and that more yeah. is not better so i i think that's why i keep asking all these questions too is i i see it in our community i see it in women especially i'm you know watching people on the treadmills at orange theory just trying to get more calorie burn in and i'm just like it enrages <laughs> me because i I feel like we we've got to push that pendulum back into the middle to understand that um, you know if you're a games athlete you have completely different goals but I think for the majority of the listeners we need to realize and accept and be nice to ourselves to do our goal should be fitness for health and longevity
2: yep yeah well I think it's it's kind of an interesting thing where you know I I could think of maybe a couple examples but we'll stick with CrossFit it's it's and functional fitness for that matter it's one of the few things where a fitness program is also an elite level sport so 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 some people are seeing elite level athletes training for a sport, which is just like professional baseball or professional basketball. It's a sport, like the it's a you know, it's a game to go out and compete against people and win money, right? Is also what people are using for their general fitness. And they're kind of the, the, the lines are getting crossed. It's like, well, what are the what's the, what are the differences? They're starting to blend. And I think that's always a problem because elite level sports should be put in that category of like, well, this is like This is a thing people do as their job and it's not necessarily, it doesn't mean I should go and do what they're doing. You know, I should stay in my lane and focus on what really is important to me and um, maybe more people getting out and showing examples of, hey, this is how this is supposed to fit into your life. This is a great, you know, and and really highlight those cases uh, would would help that.
0: Yeah. Okay. So segueing that into your programming a little more, Mm -hmm. I know the three pillars is honesty, commitment, and persistence. Can you talk about each one and why is that important to you?
2: Um, yeah, sure. I'd love to talk about that. I, uh, I mean, the honesty portion was something that was the first word that resonated with me when I went back and started writing down some of these uh, words. it was about six years ago because um, I, I just really always felt like being honest with myself and then being honest with my clients um, and, and really asking clients to be honest with themselves too um, had to be the foundation by which we built everything. Like, what do you really want? Are you really giving everything that you said you wanted to give to this? Am I giving everything that I said I was going to give to this? You know, and from those questions that got asked, and being honest with those questions, we could really develop a relationship and trust, and and then also ultimately like align the path that I was on. Um, and that went back to like when I was you know pursuing med- medical school. Like I ran into some issues with that at you know my early twenties where I. I dropped out. I was super depressed and and super um, confused about where I was at, you know, in my life and why I was pursuing something like this. And it it really stemmed from me just not being honest with myself, just kind of following somebody else's path that they had laid out for me. Like, hey, you should be a doctor. You're going to be great. You're going to be just like your dad. Like, you know, you have a family of physicians. You're going to be a great doctor. It's going to be amazing. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I got to do that. I'm going to follow that path. And if I had really stopped to, like, Ask myself what I really wanted, I don't think I would have ever gone. I would have pursued something different. So, um, you know, that, that, was that the happens first, first.
0: a lot in fitness too, just as you're talking about that. Like, that's got to be hard to get. It. I, my guess is it takes a while for people to really understand what that means. Because if, yeah. if I was to, like, the five year ago joy, if you were to ask me, like, honestly, what do you want? I would have been like, I want to, I don't know, go to the games one day, or I want to, I would be. Talking about a goal that I thought I should have mm-hmm. because I mm-hmm. it came from the fitness society, the fitness culture that well, really wasn't something that I wanted.
1: And even outside of fitness, yeah. I think it happens in people's lives all the time. Like, yeah. you know, I think that replaced med school with right. anything. And, you know, I think a lot of people can really relate to that narrative of like, I thought I needed to own my own business or marry this guy right out of college or yep. have kids, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever it is. I think that... um. Especially in your kind of early and mid twenties, it's really hard to yeah to know and really even know what being honest with yourself looks like. But um, I and
2: think it's something that has to come. You have to come back to all the time, yeah. all the time, oh all my the time. Gosh, like, that's yeah, such a good point. Another great example is like just a couple of years ago. You know, the 2015 CrossFit Games season. I didn't compete. I took a, a year off, mm-hmm. and I, this was on the this was coming on the tails of five years making it to the games in a row. Wow. And so I was basically in this like. I'm, I got to train for the games. I got to go to the games. That's what I do. This is what people expect of me. I'm just in the process. And I was just kind of like blindly following it. I was just like in it. And I was pretty miserable. I was like, I don't even know if I want to be doing this. I, I was like mid-off season and every day in the gym, I'm like, why am I doing this? Why am I like, in the, you know, three, two, one, go. I'm five minutes into a workout. I'm like, do I even want to be doing this? <laughs> and I, I really had to like say like, why the heck are you in this right now? Yeah. And it was really those kind of, deeper questions i started asking that like drove me to say i'm taking i'm 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 out i'm not competing this year I it wasn't that I'm gonna take that. a year off yeah it wasn't, i didn't say i'm gonna take a year off i said i'm done and i'm not coming back until my heart is like yeah i want to be doing this again i so- love that
0: you said that and also how hard that must have been because when you put so much energy into something and then realize that you like i don't want to do this anymore
2: you feel like you're like, no, I just got to push I just, through. Like,
1: it. I mean, did you feel yeah. like, man, I just wasted the last five years if I'm not going to keep moving forward on this?
2: I actually didn't have that experience. I mean, the wasted thing I've had before feeling like, oh, maybe I put my energy in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Um, the part was that I struggled with, which I also think people struggle with is who am I going to be if I'm not doing this thing? Yes. That's right. Yeah, me. the
0: identity. And that, yeah. was the
2: biggest, that was the biggest thing. I'm like, I've been an athlete in this sport. I'm also a coach. If I suddenly drop the athlete thing, are people even going to recognize me as a coach? Are people going to re- – I mean, I, I, I struggle with that big time. Like maybe I'm going to just be insignificant, and I, I'm not going to have a, an identity. And uh, that was more of a struggle for me, and that was also a struggle leaving medical school. I was like, shoot, I'm, I've been this student for so long that's been on this path to become a doctor, and and now I'm like back home living with my parents, and I, don't, I work as a barista at Pete's Coffee. Like I don't have anything else. Up- really doing yeah um, or at least that was, that was kind of the shift in my brain what i thought
1: we talked to Rory ambard recently and she had a similar thing when it was like she got really injured and it was had those same conversations in her head of like if i'm not a competitive crossfit athlete then like who am i yeah
2: mm. yeah yeah
1: yeah. i feel like i but but once again i think you can kind of re- it's such a relatable thing even if you've never it's, been like a yeah. professional athlete i think yeah. so many people have gone through things where it's like you wake up one day and you're like why the crap am i doing this but who mm-hmm. am i if i'm not doing it
0: yeah It's like we we so badly want to identify with something and be known for something and like have that predictability and like, but then you have to really be honest with yourself and I love that you said it's an ongoing thing too, because it is okay for that to change. And I think a lot of people feel stuck in whatever areas of their life, feeling that they can't change because they put such and such time into this and give it would be seen as giving up where you're you're not seeing it as giving up. You're like, Wow, I just really did this for so long and I had so much passion towards it, but now this is just changing and I'm gonna move on to something else and use that experience to launch me into the next great thing, which is, you know, now here you are.
2: Yeah, completely. Yeah. So yeah, but, but to and to get back to the honesty commitment persistence thing, I, I the next word in there, the commitment part, you know, I also tell people like you can't just be like re-asking the question every day. It's like, I, "Oh, what do I want to do today?" Like, "What's the thing I really want to do today?" It's, you know, we go we periodically ask that and then once we say, "This is what I want," we create a plan and stick to it for a period of time. You know, and that's something that I have gotten fitness has taught me is that by sticking to programs whether they're the perfect program or not the perfect program but to truly engage and invest in it and say I'm going to do this thing 100% of the t- you know 100% of the way I'm going to n- n- hit every one of my meals that I'm supposed to hit I'm going to work out every one of my workouts that I'm supposed to hit I'm gonna truly going to commit that's how we learn and that's how we grow. Or that's how I have learned and I've grown as a person, um, not by being inconsistent, but by being really consistent. And so the commitment part is, uh, you know, the other really important, you know, piece to the puzzle is like, once you really nail down, like, this is what you want, or this is what you think you want right now, then commit to a process around it to see, you know, what the outcome can be and then be able to come back to the, conversation about was this really what I wanted and did this really fulfill me um so commitment was a huge part for me and and that's something that you know really resonates with clients when they hear it's like yeah they people know like you got to commit to something if you're going to see results um and then lastly persistence was uh I've never gone through any process commitment process anything that took time that was like easy going from the beginning to the end you know there, there's always been obstacles there's always been t- t- periods of time where doubt has crept in fear has crept in um you know that's going to regionals in 2013 as the first time I was an individual athlete and just being so scared and just being like gosh i i committed to this process i told myself i'm going to make it through the weekend no matter what as terrified as i was you know there were super low points in the weekend where i was like i and I needed to have, like, this – and I needed something to pull me through and, you know, persist through that th- – those times to get to the end of the weekend where it was, like, it was all worth it, you know. And I really actually learned something uh, about myself and, and got a new another opportunity to go, you know, and compete um, at the CrossFit Games as an individual athlete.
1: I, I like that those things go together because I do think something – um, that can come up for people. And I think this comes up also with diet is when people are like, well, if I truly just do what, you know, if you think about like honesty, the honesty piece of like, well, if I only do what I want to do, then what I want is to go lay on the couch and eat pizza. And, (laughs) you know, and so it's like, if I, if you only focus on that, um, kind of like, well, be honest with yourself. What is it that you want? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I think, what you're talking about is sort of a, a second layer of honesty, where it's like, okay, on on its face, obviously, we all just want to lay on the couch, and eat pizza. Maybe not all of us, but most of us probably. <laughs> and but the second layer to that is like, okay, if that's great, but if you're actually really being honest with yourself, is that really the person you want to be? And like, take it down to that second layer of, is this just a, a you know a moment of fear or of you know questioning? Or is it truly like, no, if I'm really being honest with myself, this is no longer the person I want to be or the thing that I want to do. Um, but you have to go through persisting through a couple of days or weeks or you know months of waking up and asking yourself that question sometimes to get to the point where you're like, okay, no, this has come up enough now where if I'm being honest with myself, I need to pay attention to these questions. I'm not just tired or I'm not just, yeah, you know, whatever.
2: Well, and, and to bring it full circle back to some of the things we are talking about before about having coaches that you trust, you know, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to go through this per- honesty, commitment, persistence process on your own because you have those moments where you're just like, oh my God. Maybe I don't even want to be doing this, and it's like you got to like reason with yourself and have mm-hmm. your own. You know, it's like having somebody there to be able to hear you when you're at your like rational state at mm-hmm. the beginning when it's not hard and you're setting goals, and then for somebody to be there to hear you at the eight week mark when they when when they're anticipating it getting hard, then they hear you talking about it getting hard, and then they hear you say, "Oh, I want to make a change because it's hard." You know, that coach can step in and be like, "No, this is remember what you committed to and what you wanted back." you know, when we sat down and it's supposed to be hard right now. And I have this with my clients a lot, especially the people that are like, I want to train, you know, for a sport. And let's say they're doing the CrossFit Open, you know, and it's, uh, it's November. And they're like, man, this is a really tough time. Like, a they're in a tough training cycle. And they're like, maybe starting to feel a little bit of, uh, you know, burnout, or they're starting to feel a little bit of that overreaching state. And they're like, Oh, this is like, I don't know if I want this. And I'm like, hey, we're in a place where this is supposed to, you're supposed to be feeling that right now. Like we're, we're pushing it on purpose. We're going to deload in two weeks. So stay the course, like trust, trust we're on the right path. Like, um, yeah, it's good to have that person there to help you, you know, guide through those, those steps.
1: And once again, I just feel like this can relate to so many other parts. Like, I have, um, I've like, been going through some tough stuff at work, and I finally just started telling myself, like, the only way out is through. Like, you got to just stick with it because if you jump off the cart now, like, there's just going to be the next time that this comes up. What are you going to do? You, you have to... Yeah. Yeah. Those a
0: great I love that statement.
2: It is the only way the only way is through. And I There's a great have... Alanis
1: Morissette
0: song that she says those lyrics and that's Ugh, the, I can't yeah, see Alanis yeah, I'm, gonna, Morissette. I'm gonna go ahead and play that for you. Uh,
1: <laughs> it's a great it's a great song. I don't like that. I don't like sure.
0: her. I'm a child of the nineties. Nope.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <Go> ahead. <laughs> I digress. It's
0: great. I love it. Yeah, so okay, wrapping up too, because we have about ten minutes left, I do wanna talk a little bit about when you were competing in the CrossFit Games and um, I imagine when you first started so the first year think back to the first year you competed in the CrossFit Games and how much of the volume of training did you have to add to keep up as a, I mean it was just blowing up I can't imagine being a competitive athlete and just continuing to have to keep up at that pace yeah. or am I just well, or am well, I just imagining that
2: <laughs> No you're not imagining it I mean I I feel like I followed the right path for me which was three years of team, three years of individual, mm-hmm. because the jump from team to individual when I made it was massive, you know, and it was like I, I was fortunate to have a couple years of training experience underneath my belt before I took on that, you know, that task of being, okay, it's just me, not six people trying to do the same amount of work. Um, but, yeah, in 2010, it was like, uh, you know, I probably – I don't think I was doing double days yet. I think I would, like, like right when we were getting close to, like, the games, like – me and my team we would do maybe a couple double days but it was like come in do a training session it might last two hours but that was it and then um you know fast forward to training for 2016 games training three times a day every day seven days a week for that pretty much um for like three or four months in a row and you know a huge growth in the sport really over the six or seven years that I was you know in it um basically arrived at this place where I was like okay yeah this is totally professional sport. Like you have to dedicate full time to it. And the years of being like, you know, working another job and, you know, having all this other stuff going on in your life and still being at the peak of the sport is, are maybe gone. And, um, yeah. yeah. So just, I mean, which is kind of the way it should probably go. And I think you brought it up earlier. It's like people see CrossFit athletes and, you know, they want to aspire to do what they do. Um, and just starting to really realize that like it's what they're doing requires a massive amount of time and energy and commitment. And, you know, for some they're able to do it and support themselves as like with a, you know, for a living and others are sacrificing pretty much everything in their life to try and make it. Um, meaning they can't hold down a really, you know, great job or start to develop their career. They can't really get in, into and uh, relationships, you know, with, uh, significant others if they want to develop that part of their life like they just don't have time to meet new people or they're not able to dedicate to their partner the way that they you know they should be able to um and it's it's a lot so yeah i see i see certainly the huge volume increase that's happened and and then how it's impacted people's lives and and who can make it in the sport and and really who can't
0: i'm just i'm just curious of I, I mean, this is more of an extreme with football players, but like football players when they're like 50, 60, and they have their bodies are just beat up. <laughs> yeah, or they have like horrible brain injuries. And I'm just like, I hope people are careful and think long term, you know, especially when they're competing or recovering properly, because I CrossFit is no joke. And to do it professionally. Now I see that like, would you agree, Marcus, like you cannot have a life outside of CrossFit if you're a games athlete now?
2: Yeah, it's really hard. I mean, if um, the one exception is somebody who's already yeah, but the one the exceptions are the people that have been doing it for five like for ten years, sure, who have built up this mass. Like, sure, uh, take Chris Feeler as an example. You know, he is he had a hugely successful competitive CrossFit career, took a year or two basically off, and then he turned thirty-five, and now he's engaging in the sport as a masters athlete. He he likes to talk about how he really only trains one hour a day for five days a week, and that's it. The rest of the time he's out on his bike, he's out skiing, he's with his family, he's doing other, you know, sports outside the gym. Um, Yeah, he can do that because he put in thousands and thousands of hours of training before, and he can still run a successful business because of that. Mm -hmm. But if you're starting and you're like, oh, what's this CrossFit thing? Oh, (laughs) cool. I'm I'm try to get into it. I'm going to, you know, train one hour a day, five days a week and make the CrossFit games. Like, you're totally dreaming. Yeah. Totally. Dreamin'.
1: Well, it's yeah. like, then you have like the Sarah Sigmund setters of the world who, are, she's like, I never really liked sports and then I found CrossFit and here I am at the CrossFit games. And it's like, go home, Sarah Sigmundsutters. Yeah. You are, please stop telling people that you can do that because. You are the you're, exception to First everything. of all, you're like 19. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah.
2: yeah it's just... And if you dig deeper into that story, just like the Matt yeah. Fraser, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, look at their, they, they didn't like sports, but like they were super active. You know big training background you know she grew up in a culture where sporting is huge um and right. then then she was able to dedicate the necessary and requisite amount of time to grow in the sport and and then there's of course genetic freaks too that really can climb the ranks super <laughs> right fast. it's not like <laughs> so, she like hung up her math
1: jacket and then picked
0: up a barbell
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah totally yeah <laughs>
0: Alright, so wrapping up, Claire and I always like to talk about balancing life and family, and I know you just had a baby, um, so we yes. want to talk. How is parenting going?
2: It's going really great. I mean, and by great, I mean... <laughs> You're like, it's, it's crazy. Hard. It's a ride. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, no, it's it's like, I, I didn't know... Oh, God, who knows what to expect when they're having kids? Anyway, it's like, oh, yeah, it's, I'm going yeah, to... Yeah, this is exactly
1: happen. what I thought I would be like.
2: Yeah, um, it's been crazy, like a total wild ride, and it has forced me to grow so much faster than I would have ever, you know, it's like accelerate your, you know, your growth curve in in a lot of areas. So, um, I would say, I mean, I'm so, we're so lucky and I'm so happy with our baby and the first three months were hell. And then <laughs> she started to sleep a little bit better and then they yeah. got, you know, less than hell and a lot more enjoyable. Um, and she's in a super sweet stage right now. Uh, but, but it's certainly been a, a how old is she now? Challenge. She's she turned seven months this week, so she's Fun. on the way. Um, but yeah, the the biggest, the hardest part of it has been, uh, you know, finding my my wife in the process and making sure we stay connected. And you know, we had such grand visions of like how we were going to parent together and <laughs> stay connected and put us put ourselves first. Like, okay, we have to have a strong relationship first before we, you know, we're not going to make this just about our baby and we still believe in those things. And I was like, whoa, this is really hard, really yeah. hard to even know where in the day we're going to connect.
0: Yeah. Uh, like all plans yeah. go out the window. The second it actually comes to
1: Well, and I love those fruition. people who are like, we're going to have a baby and they're going to like adapt to our lifestyle. We're not yeah. going to change our lives around. And I'm like, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I have an almost two year old and, I can um, very much relate to that. Early, the first couple of months, where you're just like, "Is there even anybody in there? Like, this is just a needy potato sack." That I know. And then when they get a little bit older, you know, it becomes a lot more gratifying. Very quickly, when they can like smile at you, and you're like, "Hey, yeah. I am I the most the important first person day, in the world." I the
2: first day that she laughed uh, when I did something to her, and I was like, "Oh, what? Like, wait a minute, you just wait a minute. Let's do that again. Let me see if I can." And I just. It was like, I think it was like me nuzzling my chin near her neck and she was laughing and I, I videotaped it and it was like, I watched that video every day yeah. for like four or five weeks. I was like, this is the great, okay, this is why we did this.
1: Right. That's so funny. We did the exact same thing the first time Miles laughed. It was like, get it on video. We're sending it to everyone we know. Yeah. We're like watching yeah. it all hours of the day. And everyone's like, cool. Your kid laughed like one chuckle. I'm like, no,
2: you don't understand. You don't understand. And he's like, yeah, yeah you don't, know, you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> There's like two way interaction going on right now. <laughs>
0: exactly.
2: yeah. Uh, there, uh, yeah. But certainly, certainly the balance has been, um, different for me and and the question you started out with or one of the earlier questions was are you going to ever compete again at the crossfit games that a goal well i'm you know i'm very realistic and honest with myself about what it takes to to get to the crossfit games and you know having a baby and introducing that into our life has really changed what is possible for me in in the way of like dedicating to training you know and and also running a business and, and trying to be a father and a husband so that that is definitely uh Made me rethink. You know, well, how, what's it going to look like to be a competitor in this sport? And I know there's other dads that are out there that are doing really well in CrossFit, um, and moms that are doing really well in CrossFit at, at the competitive level. Um, and everybody's different, so I, I don't know how I'm going to kind of balance that next part of my life. And so that that'll be a big uh, question mark and something to explore and learn about in the years to come.
1: So then kind of jumping off of that last last question because we do want to wrap up and and be uh you know respectful of your sunday afternoon here but um you know knowing that your focus is changing and knowing that you know that obviously priorities are now very different than they were seven and a half months ago um can you just talk a little bit about you know we know you just recently opened up a new gym and you're getting into um this functional bodybuilding program and i um you know, I feel bad that we haven't even really touched on that programming yet, apart from your, your main pillars, because that's kind of your focus right now. But can you talk a little bit about that and what your goal is with that program and how uh, how you're hoping to grow it?
2: Um, yeah, Th- uh, thanks for bringing that that topic up. Um, for me, you know, starting a business was about aligning with my, you know, individual coaching kind of uh, beliefs, core beliefs and core values. And we want to continue to grow that um as much as we can for the coaches that are dedicated and involved. Uh, as far as functional bodybuilding goes, it's really um, you know, kind of a, a philosophy as well as a methodology around training that I've been developing with my coach for the past year and um, really starting to put some thoughts towards you know, what does it mean to do functional bodybuilding and how do we bridge the gap between different training principles that used to be thought of as like we gotta keep them separate, there's bodybuilding, there's functional fitness, and and that's something that you know in the in the months and the years to come, I really hope uh, we can I can come up with a you know a bit of an education system around to give more people access to it, to know how to use it in their training, to know how to move away from intensity all the time, more is better, to really help people understand this is how you can train to feel really good, you can train to look really good and stay functional without beating yourself up day in and day out and ending up burnt out and you know and kind of losing your passion and love for training so uh yeah i would say that that's kind of the the core message that we're trying to you you know spread with functional bodybuilding is you know feel good again look good and regain your passion and love for training by uh you know combining some principles that really work well for somebody who's not going to dedicate 30 hours a week to their training
1: yeah, and how does like a functional bodybuilding training session differ from something that you would see just in a normal affiliate?
2: Yeah, I think th- there's a, there's a bit more of an emphasis on um, you know well the movement selection we're trying to expand a lot so you know outside of your your typical exercises that you might see on a day to day basis in an affiliate where barbells are kind of a mainstay um, we're using a lot more dumbbell training kettlebell training unilateral. Uh, Single arm, single leg work. Um, introducing more concepts around training. Uh, excuse me, lifting tempos. So lifting, you know, with uh, slower, controlled pauses, things like that, to help people connect um, mind and muscle in a way that you know, when we're moving fast and we're moving against the clock, we can lose. Um, and then uh, just probably using those core, you know, exercise prescription principles to help manage people's intensity so that you finish a workout you're going to feel like you did a lot of work and that you know you're sweaty and that your muscles have been fatigued but you're not necessarily going to have to like deal with that like lactic acid you know uh kind of pain and suffering that might happen if you're you know racing against a, a seven minute clock uh, day in and day out
0: so where's the best place that people can find you right now on social or websites
2: yeah, the best place is revival-strength.com. Uh, you can go learn about all the different ways that you can train with us. Um, we provide a free download uh, of a program template on our site, um, which will get them a three-day three program, as well as uh, we're sending out you know every couple, two to three weeks, um, functional bodybuilding emails, emails, um, to give people kind of a, a deeper understanding of the program principles and uh, how they can apply it to their own training, even if they're not following one of our coaching programs. Um, so I think that's a great place for them to go and to sign up.
0: And I have to say, you're in uh, the Bay Area, right? That's right. Yeah, so uh, our we call her our CrossFit mom. She's our lawyer podcast for the podcast slash BFF. She's the best, and we call her mom Sandy. And so she lives in Marin. And so oh, really? we're going to have to like – connect her with you and just go say hi and or we often have plenty of trips to go see her and we'll have to come see you for sure oh we'd love to
2: have you out here she's oh. the
0: best yeah cool <laughs> yeah Cool. all right so listeners you guys know where to find him marcus stay on the line and that's it for this week